Welcome to the Flaps Podcast. Hello and Happy New Year! What? It's February. Yeah, well, we're a bit late with this one, so Happy New Year, Happy Valentine's Day, uh, Happy Pancake Day, and just in case we're really slack getting the next one out, Happy Easter to everybody! Talking of Valentine's, in this edition, a man from Coventry invites myself and Elliot into his bedroom. Yes, we both sat in the dark for hours, fiddling with his rather impressive joystick. It's, it's a, a flight, flight simulator. simulator! It's uh, taken 13 years now to build it to this stage. It started it in 1999. This is what happens when your flight sim hobby gets out of hand, basically. It's built up to being a full-size, fully working flight deck. And more romance in this edition, we'll speak to a pilot who rather unprofessionally broke all the rules of CAP 413. What? The radio telephony manual. Oh, yeah, lovely read, that. With some inappropriate calls to the tower. Uh, if you're in the doghouse, having struggled to find your other half a suitable Valentine's gift this year. What is a subscription to Flyer magazine not what every girl wants? Apparently not. Oh. Then we'll speak to a lady who might have a solution for next year. We've got the answers to our bumper Christmas giveaway. Are we giving away a bumper? Brilliant. And Pablo Mason shares some of his wisdom in just one minute. What do you use your spare room for, Elliot? Uh, well, I've got a sofa bed, a desk, all of the junk that should be up in the attic, and on a bad day, uh, a smelly gift from one of the dogs. Why? What about you? Well, I haven't even got a spare room. Well, neither has John Davis anymore, because he's converted his spare room into a full-size 747 simulator. So we thought we'd go along and visit this ultimate boy's toy. And you know what's great about having a 747 in your bedroom? What's that? The landing light's always on. Flaps podcast has been to some glamorous locations to bring you reports. We've been to Manchester Airport, we've uh, we've been to North Weald Airfield, which I still like because it rhymes. And today we bring you to a terraced house in Coventry, but not an ordinary terraced house in Coventry. I'm here with the owner in his back bedroom, John Davis. Good afternoon. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Now, th- this isn't an ordinary back bedroom, is it? Let's um, be honest. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sat at the, at the the first officer position of a 747 in what can only be described as the most amazing simulator I think I've ever seen. We'll put photos on the website because we're just talking about it, it won't do it justice. <laughs> um, it literally is the entire bedroom, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. Once, you, once you're in it and the uh, the door's shut, uh, you don't actually feel like you're in a bedroom, do you? No, not <laughs> this, no, like no bedroom that I've ever seen. And, and, and please don't think that this is sort of just all temporarily put in and John's an enthusiast who sets it all up and then packs it away this this is the whole room and it's it's bolted in it's glued in it's all here isn't it it is yeah and it's been here well in various formats up to what it is now for 13 years I can't move now Uh, if anyone wants to stay there's no room in here is there unless they can sleep in the seat no well yeah if they can sleep in the seat (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to stay at John's. So, I mean, how long's all this taken? This, I mean, it is incredible. It is literally the flight deck of a 747. Yeah, well, as I just said, it's uh, taken 13 years now to build it to this stage. It started it in 1999. I think that's 13 years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's sort of gradually... This is what, a ha- what happens when your flight sim hobby gets out of hand, basically. <laughs> and um, it's built up to being a full-size, fully working flight deck. But you've got everything, haven't you? You've got, mm-hmm. you've got all the... the the displays, you've yep. got all the autopilot, the yokes, there's the, the you know, all the throttles and flap controls and the sensor, you've got the, the flight computers and everything. And this I mean yep. it is I mean I've I've never sat on the flight deck of a seven four seven, but I'm convinced. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, anybody that sees photos of this one, if they compare it with the real one, you can't tell a lot. Of, there are a few little differences, but not many, and that's mainly to work around existing computer equipment. Uh, but other than that, it's built to scale, so you are sitting in a full size. I haven't had to, uh, you know, miniaturise it a little bit to get it in the room or anything. Just so happened it did fit in the room. John Sokin had probably <coughs> knocked a wall down, wouldn't you, if you needed to? Oh, if I needed to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking of knocking the back wall out and putting the fuserage across yeah, the street. Yeah, do it. Do but, it. The uh, neighbours won't. So mind, if anybody in council can come up with the paperwork for that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, does everything work? I mean, uh, yep. obviously, you know, we got the autopilot in front of us, and yep. the, can you use all that? Does it? Yeah, it all works like the real aircraft, and we can fly it in real time. So if we really wanted to, we could sit here and fly it from Heathrow to Sydney. If we wanted to sit here for twenty-three odd hours, have you, you know? done that? Uh, I, I'm ashamed to say I have done that kind of thing before, yeah. <laughs> I do some quite long flights on my own, but most of the time uh, shorter flights with uh, customers or whatever. Technically, what's running all of this lot? How many computers have you got running? There are five computers all the time, and there are approximately 30 to 35 programs running in here to run the autopilots, the flaps, as you said, the throttles, all the peripherals, really, that need to make it work. And uh, so there's uh, the five computers, there's the visuals in front of the simulator, as you can see, a full screen. And they, um, they're done by three projectors in front of the simulator. I've got to ask, <laughs> how much does all this cost? Uh, physically, in, uh, in cash, uh, rather than sort of time and build time. Oh, marriages then. <laughs> marriages no, no. I, I am divorced but I built this after she went because I'd never got, ever got it built while she was here <laughs> um, but um, yeah in physical cash nearly £19,000 now to, but uh, in man hours uh, I mean it's taken 13 years to build and a lot of man hours you'd have to put a value on it of sort of getting on for half a million really it was a labour of love isn't it obviously yeah definitely yeah can you, are you actually a pilot? We're going to have to ask. Can you, can you actually I have got a glider pilot's license and I've flown some light aircraft and that. Um, but I've actually got about 7,000 hours in this simulator. Mostly self-taught. I've done all my instrument rating and everything self-taught. And I do fly this with airline pilots a lot. And, uh, you know, not trying to blow my own trouble because I know there'll be lots of people out there that say, no, he can't. But most people say they wouldn't know I didn't do it as a job just because I've just done so so much in, in this particular aircraft. Do you ever have people... Coming with strange requests, asking you to fly the plane to strange places. Uh, I've only ever had one, and uh, I was very, very wary of it. They sent, sort of sent me an email, and, and they asked to do various things, like sort of fly around Munich and things like that, and which is sort of normal for, for some of my customers. They want to fly around their holiday destinations, yeah. things like that. Um, but this one particularly said, we'd like to try building avoidance. And that sort of sent alarm oh. bells in with, with okay. me. And I said, building yes. avoidance, what do you mean by that? And, and then they sort of joked apart. They actually came in the end because I refused totally to do anything like that. And I'm also very careful. Uh, I mean, I show people what things do, but I never give... Uh, I should put it full lessons on everything that they would need to know. Um, <laughs> but, wise. you know, in the same way as, you know, when that happened in real life, they did go and have proper flying lessons. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think if somebody's determined to do something like that, they'll, they'll find a way anyway. to do it. Yeah. Obviously, with you said five computers running, five different programs. Yeah. Does it ever crash? Not the plane, the, the system. It's uh, five computers running about 30 programs right. over it. Um, yes, it can do. Actually, um, I had a customer in yesterday, and I just had a little niggle with it. It took me about 20 minutes to sort it out. Um, it doesn't. It actually is 99% fully working all the time. But most of the time, I have no problems at all. I've been running it as a business for about four years, and in all that time, I've only ever had 
a problem so big that I had to send one customer home. It's probably the only 747 in the world that you can repair by doing Control-Alt-Delete. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, exactly, yeah. And That's we, the reason we, we I We met it. your good lady on the way in. Mm -hmm. what, what does she make of all this? She thinks I'm a nutter, basically. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a new girlfriend, uh, you know, or whatever, they, um, they come up and you, you say, come up and have a look at the bedroom upstairs you know <laughs> I bet which, she was which, expecting which is this. which is the usual line obviously <laughs> and then then they go oh my god but funnily enough uh, i mean i have a lot of women come sometimes to fly the simulator but very often they come with their partner like that they bought the gift voucher for or whatever and i find sometimes the women are more impressed with it you'd think they'd think it was really geeky but they're usually more impressed with it than the men sometimes okay john it's all very impressive i suppose the big question is can we have a go uh yeah i guess you can have you come See where you got to go? For the strobes, yep. Yep, so follow the strobes. So you come slightly left and lower the nose a little bit more. We need to chase the diamond down and go a little bit lower. So, about that angle there, that's fine. That's it, keep coming right towards the strobes. Now you can see you're going to need a big turn when you turn. Okay, I need to go down. It's coming down quite good at the moment. In a moment, it's gonna, we're going to be back on the glide slope soon. We just pull up slightly to keep 800 feet a minute. You're doing 1100 feet a minute descent rate at the moment. Pull up slightly, sink rate means you're coming down too quick. Think ahead a bit. So it's not going to go like this now. Roll it left to roll it out. That's it. And now just lower the nose. But once it's level, relax on the yoke. That's it. Okay, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. Pull up. Okay, we hit quite hard. Okay, lower the nose or your bounce. That's it. Oh, that's it. Okay, we've got an engine failure now. Number one. Okay, you're back on the ground and now you're sliding into the water. Let's see what we can do with the reverse. And steer it on the ground. You need one on the wall. Push it forward. We're already in the sea, so this doesn't really matter. <laughs> we're having a swim. That's it. We're having a swim. Slow, even though because we're in kind of two simulators, it's not going to sink. Welcome to Hong Kong. This isn't particularly <laughs> deep water here. Well flown, Captain. Okay, we actually burst some tyres because we hit hard. If we look at the lower ICAST screen here, these ones in yellow are the tyres that are going down, <laughs> uh, or rather have gone down. There's a couple more that are going down. Yeah, the whole plane's going down <laughs> with the bloody sea. That's it, we're in the sea, just coming to stop. Make sure you turn around the ferry. <laughs> <laughs> So we're back on the ground then, John. Well, not, not that we ever left it, really, but um, <laughs> how did we do? It was fairly spectacularly unimpressive, oh, wasn't it, really? Yeah, not too bad. I've had worse. <laughs> I've had people hitting the terminal buildings and all kinds of things. You didn't do that. You did at least nearly make the runways. Um, yeah, pretty good, actually, I think, to at be honest. At least I only killed us three by crashing us into That's Osama, it, yeah. whereas yeah. Mark, at least, it took out half of Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, he took out yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of water in the engines now, isn't there? <laughs> we, we ran off the end. <laughs> if anyone wants to come along, if anyone wants to see more, what, what's your website? Uh, the website is uh, all the normal www.747simulator.co.uk. And uh, it really, honestly, when you arrive, it really is, a, you know, um, please, please, I mean this in the nicest possible way, it's a mm. very unassuming street, an unassuming house, yeah. and, but the most amazing back bedroom. Thank you. It's, it's an amazing thing you've got here, and uh, we might just move into your other spare room, if that's all right. Well, that's all right. I think the girlfriend might have something to say about that, but... Knock <laughs> her out. <laughs> that's it. We've got to discuss rent now, then, haven't oh, we? Oh, damn. <laughs> Thanks, John. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 
Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Papa. Flaps. It was Valentine's Day last week. What's that voice for? That's my sexy love voice. Is that how you talk to the dogs? <laughs> you call him my missus a dog. No, no, no. <laughs> Rude. Right, we'll try that again. It was Valentine's Day last week. Tell me about it. I know Belgian chocolates, expensive red roses, lacy underwear. She bought me the lot. Hey, I know. I can see your thong from here. It's quite sexy. It's chafing, to be honest. <laughs> oh, nice. Anyway, but what does a man, a real man, a flying man, get his other half in return? Well, here's an idea. And to tell us more... Here's Sarah Tanner. Hello. Or should I say Sahara? <laughs> yes, that's my name. <laughs> uh, tell us what you do, Sarah. I'm a professional wing walker and for the Brightling Wing Walkers. So you stand on a wing of an aeroplane in the air, flying around, and you get paid for it. I do, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, Crazy Forming fall. handstands and everything. It's, it's amazing. It's extraordinary. <laughs> what sort of plane is it? I'm assuming it's not a 747. No, a bit slower than that, fortunately. Um, it's a, 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 a bone stim and biplane. And um, what sort of speeds do they do when you're on these things? Um, but when we're climbing around a little bit slower than normal, so about 90 miles an hour, but then for the sort of loops and rolls and dives up to about 130 miles an hour, so you can imagine, you know, what that's like to wave against. Well, I'm a bit confused, really, because uh, you're a girl, and, I I, and you've got long hair. Have you got long hair? I have, yes. Okay, well, I mean, my other half's got quite long hair, and every yeah. time I have the window open in the car, she moans because it blows it all <laughs> over the place. So you must just be constantly miserable. No, no, no. What you have to do as a wing walker, you have to tie it up very tight and secure it, wrap it around your goggles and make sure it's out of the way. <laughs> so it's not flapping around purely because the nightmare uh, it's a nightmare to brush out the knots afterwards that's the main problem <laughs> it, well it all sounds very good i mean is it is it terrifying is it as terrifying as it sounds um not really i think if you're the type of person that likes flying and um i mean i think it's one of those things hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa. we both like flying all <laughs> our listeners like flying i would put money on it none of us would want to stand oh. on the outside of a plane thanks <laughs> Well, I think, I think it's one of those things, if you see it and you get people that either would love to do it or would definitely not want to do it. And I'm one of those people that thought it was amazing. I was really inspired by these women dancing around on the planes at air shows. It was just something I really, really wanted to do. And it is daunting. It's very, very ch- challenging. Um, but once you're up there sort of concentrating on what you're doing, it's, it's hard work and it, it's very fun. I mean, you're strapped on nice and tight and you feel nice and secure. And so the power of the wind also sort of pins you into the rig as well. So you, do, you don't feel like you're going to fall off. You do feel quite secure. But it's just fun really it's really really it's like the best roller coaster how do, uh, how do they fix you onto it um when we're climbing around we've got an extra safety harness which is around our waist and we've got a wire with carabiners so whenever we climb around we're always attached to the plane by a very short wire and then when we're on the top um wing we're tied into a wing walking harness which is a special rig with like a, f- a five point military style harness which secures um with a double locking pin and that rig actually swivels upside down so when we're all secured in we can do handstands and things whilst the plane's flying as well because the boeing steerman in case people don't realize of course is a is a biplane isn't it it is yeah beautiful biplane yeah so uh, have you ever has anything gone wrong ever have you ever, i mean obviously you haven't come off properly because you're here to tell the tale but i mean <laughs> no. have, you, have you ever sort of been flapping along behind the plane with no, a, just I'm, attached I'm, by a bit of cable <laughs> I'm glad to say we've got a 100% safety record. But when I say, um, oh, I think the worst thing is the rain. If you imagine sort of flying into sort of rain over 100 miles an hour, it's like little pins being thrown at your face. And that really, really hurts. I had no idea what it was like, um, you know, because when you're on the ground and you see people wing walking in the rain you think oh they're just getting a bit wet but it actually really really no, that's hurts. gonna hurt isn't it and yeah. the pilots have no idea because they've got these windscreens <laughs> so they're nice and dry and sometimes they don't even realize it's, it's raining sometimes and we come down absolutely soaked but um yeah the worst thing i'd say is the rain what's the worst thing you've swallowed 
No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. I, I mean, probably a big bug. I'd imagine nothing, nothing too big. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you, you you do get down. You've got little flies sort of splattered well, on you your face. And your you clothes. must have. You like if you drive a car across along the road at 30 miles an hour, it's covered in bugs. Yeah. So I can imagine that you know, at flying along at 90 or 100 miles an hour, you're going to be covered in all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> some days are better than others. Um, but um, yeah, you certainly get down, and you you, you know, you, if you to leave, you've got sort of a light coloured um, top to our uniform, which we do you certainly see all the bugs on there and they jo- our, our, one of our pilots jokes that a good wing walker's got a fly in her teeth because it means she was smiling during the display <laughs> well i was gonna say if you skip breakfast one morning if you're a bit late just fly along with your yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. no good if you're a vegetarian though really no, is it no, definitely. well um this all sounds brilliant we've just had valentine's day as well and probably loads of our listeners bought the wrong thing so for next year we thought you might have an idea oh, obviously cool. obviously lots of our you know listeners are going to be thinking what shall i get the good lady mm-hmm. well you like you might be able to help because uh, you need a new wing walker, don't you? We and, do, yes. <laughs> so tell us about that. So, so you know, some fellas somewhere, you could, you could get your missus a, a lovely job here doing this, a bit of wing walking. <laughs> How do they apply? What do they need to do? Um, well, basically, email me all their details. Um, I can give you my email address. Um, but we'd need um, sort of height and weight details because, as you can imagine, being on the outside of an aircraft, you need to create the least amount of drag possible for the air, for the pilots to be able to fly their air show display. So we're ideally looking for someone who's no taller than about five foot six and weighs no more than about eight and a half stone. Um, obviously got a head for height, um, and also someone who's quite bubbly, enthusiastic, hard-working team player who's um, you know, up for the challenge, really. Who likes flies. He likes flies, yeah, doesn't mind flies in their teeth, <laughs> or knots in their hair. And uh, uh, is, there, is there money involved? Do they get paid? Um, yes, it is a pay position. You'll be working from May until the end of October, displaying every weekend at several air shows, um, as well as throughout the UK, across Europe as well. Um, but it is a pay position. But to be honest, it's something that people don't necessarily do, you know, because it's a job for the money. It's just such an amazing experience. I mean, they get to go to places like Switzerland, um, Venice, um, France, um, as well as throughout the UK. It's just, it's one of those amazing experiences, really. So if you think it's something that she'd love to do, then please do get in touch because it's, it's a great opportunity. How, how do you train someone? Because unless you have two harnesses up there, it's a case of literally strapping them in for the first time and going. <laughs> well, yeah, for the audition, we do um, give them a mini briefing beforehand and strap them to the aircraft and they don't have to do any climbing around or anything like that. But once offered the role, it is quite an intense sort of month of lots of climbing around um, in the hangar, on the aircraft in the hangar, sort of learning how to use the safety harnesses and the hand signals, doing the handstands and climbing around. But yeah, once you've done a lot of training in the hangar and obviously time work, time in the gym, building those muscles. Gym? Um, well, you <laughs> well, never yeah. mentioned that. Oh no, you, you need to build those <laughs> muscles. It's so hard pushing against the wind. But once the team feels you're ready, then yeah, there's no in between. People often ask if there's a simulator or a wind machine or something like that. But no, once you're ready, you literally have to go for it. You demonstrate on the ground to the pilots and the rest of the crew that you're capable of doing it and then you've got to go and do it for real wow really. so it's training on the job then really yeah yeah <laughs> brilliant and and i suppose we ought to ask the question uh being a, a world of equal opportunities do you have to be a lady or will you take men <laughs> Um, you don't have to be a lady. Um, at the moment, all, all the young wingwalkers on our team are ladies, purely because we've found they meet the height and weight requirements. Um, because, I mean, we're looking for, I suppose, a jockey-sized man <laughs> would be ideal. So we just mainly find it's women that meet the requirements of being sort of five foot five or under and sort of about eight stone. Well, the, the, the only reason I mention it is Mark, yeah. my uh, my colleague here, he's ever so slight. He probably oh, only weighs yeah. about eight stone. Perfect, and perfect. Uh, he likes flying and he looks lovely in lycra. Oh, so. perfect. Ticks all the boxes. <laughs> 
Elliot's... I'm expecting that. I'm expecting that CV to come. I, through. I couldn't do it. I'm the size of a planet. I'm enormous. Oh, Elliot's yeah. on a diet. There's got to be a reason for yeah, that. Yeah, surely. I, I won't make the season though. I won't be ready oh. in time. Seriously, Sarah. If at some point in the in the future for a flaps feature, can we send Elliot up on on the on the plane? Um, yeah. No, I'm sure we can organise that. I, uh, I, I, no, I I'm, I'm ill that day. day. Whatever day that is, oh, I'm ill. No, I'm no. ill that day, Sarah. <laughs> Listen, no, we must genuinely come down and we'll meet the pilots and see what it's like. We'll talk to the pilots and oh. look at the planes and everything. Yes, When's because the season doesn't start for a bit, does it? No, I mean all the planes are in the hangar, just having maintenance done and getting them all ready for the season. But yeah, we start flying. I think our first show is probably towards the end of May, and then we're sort of every weekend then from May until the end of um, end of September, really. And where are you based? Um, we're based in Gloucestershire. We've got our own private airfield here um, in the Cotswolds. Uh, just remind us again uh, of your email and your website so people can find oh, out if they want really. to apply. Um, our website is www.aerosuperbatics.com. Um, or put in Brightling Wingwalkers um, into Google. And my email address for any applicants, um, Sarah with a H at aerosuperbatics.com. Well, listen, Sarah with an H, or Sahara, <laughs> it's lovely to speak Sahara, to you. Yes, lovely to speak to you too, thank you. And uh, good luck with the search, and we'll come and see you in the summer. Brilliant, that'd be fantastic. Thank you very much. It's Mason's Minute. Many times I'm locked in conversation with friends, colleagues, and people I've just met about the good... Uh, the bad, the indifferent, of preserving our aviation heritage. Obviously, it should be very important to me because I have been in and around aeroplanes for the vast majority of life. I'm in my 61st year, and man's only been flying uh, powered aeroplanes for just over 100 years. So I can say with reasonable conviction that uh, I've been a pilot for half of the time that powered aeroplanes have been around. So when we get into conversation about things like the top end of the spectrum, Vulcan to the sky, is it worth keeping the old bird flying? Well, I have to say that uh, it's probably more beautiful and in better condition now, this particular Vulcan, than it ever was in service life. A little bit of soot on the back end from uh, those smoky old Avon jet engines um, would stay there for weeks before being washed off. If you wanted the aeroplane to look clean, you flew through a rainstorm but nowadays this thing is it's it's a joy to so many people but it's also a phenomenal expense i think just sitting there the airplane costs tens of thousands of pounds a week a month certainly it runs into the millions a year and i've been to air days where uh, incredibly willing volunteers of all ages and persuasions uh, walking around with their Poly buckets persuading you to throw as much money as you can into the buckets to keep the Vulcan flying. I suppose if I, well, when I'm in a mood to uh, have a bit of an aviation argument, I will discuss with people is it better to keep that one aeroplane flying at considerable expense or five, ten other, maybe lesser aeroplanes could be flown for the same outlay. Someone once told me that the average age of a house in the United Kingdom is only about 25 or 30 years. Um, many houses are built and within four or five years they're no longer fit for purpose, a motorway needs to go through them or something, and so they're destroyed. And of course we know of the houses, the castles, the palaces that have lasted several hundred years. But it's always fascinating to note that there are a lot of aeroplanes still flying around that are older than the average house in the UK. Jumbo jets are 25, 30 years of age. 
and aeroplanes older than that still flying around. Old Dakota, what a beautiful noise. Spitfire, hurricane. Some months ago, and it was on my birthday, my 60th birthday, I heard the noise of a Rolls-Royce Merlin engine. It was a Spitfire. And right over the top of my home came this Spitfire. I rushed out to see it just vanishing into the sky and doing that lazy barrel roll that they were famous for during the Battle of Britain. Lo and behold, this thing came back. Now, I don't know whether he was displaying for me. It certainly felt like it. But I sat and watched a four, five-minute full display, full rolling and looping display over the top of my house in Leamington Spa. It was in September of last year, so I'm hoping other people saw it as well. It couldn't have been just for me, but it felt like it. A tear? Most definitely. One or two. I found it difficult to talk about. And several of my friends locally reckoned that it had been a special birthday treat for me. I actually phoned up my son, who's a pilot in the Air Force, to ask him if uh, he'd had anything to do with it. And uh, he just sort of nodded the negative sagely and said, sorry, Dad, nothing to do with me. But what a very special thing. Thanks, Pablo. That's probably about a minute. That's never a minute. At GoDaddy.com, we believe you can do amazing things on the internet. Start with a domain name, then build yourself a website or have GoDaddy build one for you. From hosting and online shopping carts to SSL certificates, GoDaddy has the tools you need at prices to fit any budget. Get your .com for $5.49 when you use the code FLAPS1 at checkout. GoDaddy.com. Domains, websites and everything in between. Flaps Podcast. Sometimes when you fly around, you hear some rather inane chatter on the radio. What, you mean like Chris Moyles on Radio 1? Nah, not that inane. Well, in Britain, when we pilots talk on the radio, we have to conform to one of the CAA's slimmer publications. It's called CAP413. I've got a copy here now. It's the radio telephony manual, and it's quite a weighty tome. (laughs) Anyway, our next guest is... What was that? That's volume two of Cap 413, (laughs) sorry. Blimey. Right, our next guest is... Volume three. Finished? Yep. Anyway, our next guest broke the rules rather spectacularly with his own ad-libbed radio calls, and we need to find out why. He's on the phone now. Let's talk to Jeremy Dawson. Hello, Jeremy. Hi there. And uh, congratulations, but I suppose we better actually explain why I'm saying congratulations. What exactly did you... It was Coventry, wasn't it, you were flying into? Yep, Coventry. What, what did you uh, What did you say to the tower? What did you do? I uh, got the tower to agree to uh, propose over the radio to uh, Rachel. What you repo- proposed to your other half through the the tower whilst flying? Yep. Congratulations. Well, well, well done. Well done. That's that's brilliant. Thank you. So, um, how, well, explain it. What happened? How did it all ha- come about? What did they do? What did What did you have to say to them to get them to agree to that? Well, the, uh, the the full story is it was meant to be the fire brigade doing a water salute to us when we landed. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, on the Friday, snow was forecast, so the fire brigade said they didn't want to lay an ice rink all over the taxiways. Very sensible. That's fair enough. Yeah. So I started to panic, thinking, right, what else can I do to make the flight, you know, just not a normal flight? So I rang the tower up and got hold of the head of air traffic control. And we came up with a script as to how we could get proposed at your discretion in over the radio. Brilliant. <laughs> so how did it go then? I um, The cue was is that I would call up at some point during the flight and ask for a wind check for Coventry. 
and once they'd given me the wins, they would then come back on and say, our call sign, which was uh, Golf Mike Charlie, propose at your discretion. Uh, so there I am turning the radio up louder. Um, in fact, Rachel will tell you the full story about she thought I was incredibly nervous that day, and I was a nervous flyer. <laughs> she didn't know what was going on in my mind to get us to where we were. Now, your other half, you just said, is, is Rachel, and uh, she's on the line now. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Were you sat next to Jeremy while this is all going on? Yep, but, um, yeah, I mean, we're in um, a little 152. Did you not have any idea at all? No, not at all. It was, it was, a, it was forecast snow that day, so when he was, he was really quiet, and I thought he was just nervous about the weather, but it, it isn't really like him to be like that, so I didn't know why he was so quiet. And uh, after we took off, it was actually in a bad weather circuit we ended up, and he, um, <laughs> when he asked for a wind check, I thought, oh, gosh, he's really nervous we've only just taken off he had the wind on on takeoff it seems a bit strange he had the so, wind yeah. on takeoff he really was nervous so um and, and when you when you heard that come back propose at your discretion because obviously you're a pilot as well aren't you so you understand yeah. you understand rt i bet i bet you thought hang on i've not heard that that's not in cap 413 <laughs> yeah absolutely i just sort of turned at her i thought oh my goodness what i said did i hear that correctly um, and then he sort of he pulled out a ring and said, there's only one place I could propose to you, and that's up here. So, oh, no, my eyes started leaking. <laughs> sorry sorry to sound like the CIA. Who was in control of the aircraft at this point? <laughs> no yeah, one. I mean, <laughs> no one. <laughs> and uh, air traffic, we're just told, proposal has been accepted. It then started to snow, and we were at 500 feet in, um, in the circuit. And then the controller came on and said, oh, how romantic. It's just started to snow, and she was shouting congratulations over the frequency. And... <laughs> That's brilliant. That's 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 a re- really good proposal. And the problem is now you have like raised the bar ridiculously high for us other blokes. So uh, well done there, Thank Jeremy. You for that. Yeah, yeah, thanks thank for you. that. Cheers. Uh, how did you, I mean? How did you feel, uh, Rachel? That, that's a pretty special proposal, isn't it? That it was. Yeah, I was really overwhelmed because I absolutely love flying. Got a real passion for it. It's how um, Jay and I met, and yeah, it was just it was the perfect proposal for me. It just it was yeah, it was amazing. It just it was completely overwhelmed. And what did you do when you got back on the ground? Well, when we landed, the the owner of the flying club came rushing over with some champagne and some flutes. He was supposed to wear um, a tuxedo, but it was really cold. So was it high vis tuxedo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Bless him. He came running over with champagne, and then we um, after that we went to sort of local pub, and lots of people congratulated us. And we went over to the DC Six Diner, and there was a big bouquet of roses and balloons and things over there. Oh, of course, isn't it? Because because Coventry, they've got the DC Six. They've turned into uh, into the diner, haven't they? Which is yeah, perfect, fabulous. fantastic. Yeah. So, who was it who who sorted all this out for you? Then give us some names, Rachel. Well, um, there was Glyn Matthews at Alma Aviation that came out with the champagne. Yeah. And it was, it was um, the air traffic controller was called Kath. So she was absolutely fabulous. Really made it. It was lovely. So Kath. Thank you. To- Kath at Coventry and Glyn at Almat. Well done, Glyn. Yeah. Well done, a, man of, a man of many, uh, many how, talents. How romantic. <laughs> so when's, hey, when, when's the big day then, fellas? Fellas, civil um, partnership again. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but there we are. So, yeah, when, when are you going to tie the knot? Next summer, hopefully. And what are you going to have an aviation theme for that as well? There's definitely got to be some sort of aviation theme in it, definitely. You could parachute in. Hey, actually, in this edition, we've got a wing walker. You can arrive on the wing and then parachute off into the church. How's that? Fabulous. Well, it should be a ring walker, really. Hey! You, realize, you do, you do realise that uh, for your honeymoon, you've now got to fly as far as you possibly can. 
don't you? You're going to go to Australia or something. <laughs> and you're going to fly it, Jeremy, in your 152 as well. Well, we did Spain. Maybe we could do it at Australia. Anything's possible after that trip. Jeremy, you're, are you, you're doing your ATPL, aren't you? Yeah, I've completed all the written exams. I've done my CPR. I'm about to start the instrument rating in a couple of weekends. So if you really crack on with this, you could actually be flying the holiday jet there. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you really loved it, you'd get on and complete it quick. Sorry, I was just stirring it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, you can plan your life out from now on. You can uh, imagine having a couple of boys, couldn't you? Orville and Wilbur. Oh. <laughs> Piper and Cessna. <laughs> We're going to name the, uh, the tables at the wedding after different aircraft. Oh, brilliant. Have you got a DJ sorted? Have you got a disco? <laughs> well, I'm drumming up work. <clears throat> we haven't picked a DJ yet. The good thing is he's very cheap. I'm very cheap. <laughs> Not very good, but very cheap. It's a uh, it's a fantastic story. It's uh, it's horribly romantic, Jay. You you traitor, uh, and uh, it's it's brilliant. And we we wish you well. And uh, I'm sure it will be fantastic and uh, lovely to speak to you both. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Bye. Remaining clear of Ofcom controlled airspace. It's the Flaps Podcast. In the last Flaps podcast, we gave away more prizes than Bruce Forsyth's Generation game. You all right, my love? Any excuse to do a Brucey impersonation again? Good game, good game. And here are the winners drawn <laughs> earlier today. We've given away a copy of Tony Blackman's book Nimrod, Rise and Fall, to one of our Twitter followers that we picked at random. Congratulations, Pilot Heart. Mm. What a great name. Uh, and uh, to one of our random Facebook followers, Rishi Dokia. Another great name. Mm. Our next prize was a pair of smartphone-friendly Etre 5-point gloves. We wanted to know how many fingers have you got on two hands? Mm. Tricky question. Well, barring unfortunate propeller accidents, uh, you've got eight fingers on two hands because the other two, of course, are thumbs. Pedantic? Yes. We are pilots. And in our marathon giveaway, our final question for the Poolies Flight Guide was... In which year was the first Poolies UK Flight Guide published? And we thought probably the best thing to do was get the answer from the horse's mouth. Not that I'm calling him a horse, because that would be rude after he so kindly gave us the prize. But Sebastian Pooley is on the phone now. Hello. Hello there, how are you doing? Sorry for calling you a horse there. So. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. <laughs> uh, so, when was it first published? What's the definitive 100% accurate Paulie's answer. It was published in 1962. And it's, well, that's why it's 50 years old this year. Uh, that's right. Um, uh, I think uh, some people uh, were suggesting that it was perhaps 1961 uh, yes. was the 1962 edition, but uh, but in those early days, uh, it was uh, it was printed and uh, released in the in, in the same year. Right. So okay. there we are. That's a definitive answer. So no emails, no arguing, no bickering. Sebastian is the daddy. He is right. Okay. <laughs> and some people, Sebastian, were saying 1964 with 62 being a European edition, but that makes no sense, surely, does it? Um, I, well. Um, there was a uh, European, no, there was a UK edition in 1964, um, but the first guide was 19 was 1962. Right, let that be an end to it. Sebastian, thank you very much. Good to speak to you, sir. And yourself. Take care. And the winner we've drawn at random was Sass Shackstead. Another amazing name. Are people making these up? That's a genuine name, Sass Shackstead, who said with pilot's accuracy, This will be 1962. It's mentioned on your podcast, 37 minutes and 56 seconds in. You see, it pays to take notes, kids. You're quite right, Shass. Well done. Uh, Sass. <laughs> well, <laughs> whatever your name is. Well done, Sass. Flaps Podcast, going around every month. So that's it for another Flaps Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this edition. 
get in touch if you want with any stories or comments we'd love to hear from you we are mail at flapspodcast.com and don't forget if you don't already follow us on twitter we are at flaps podcast and we're also on facebook we'll see you next month thank you for listening we're ready for departure see you next month thanks for listening to flaps flaps